1: What the fuck is up, everybody? What the fuck is up, Kyle? <laughs> Sorry, it's the TikTok sound.
2: Oh, I, I'm not familiar with that.
1: <sighs> yeah, it's an old one.
2: Oh, okay. I was like, I must have not reached that part of TikTok yet.
1: Good morning, everybody. I don't know if you're listening to this in the morning, mm-hmm. but we are recording this in the morning and we have not done an early morning session.
2: I don't think we've ever done it this early. Ever? Like, we used to start recording at 10. So we'd be awake. 11? Yeah. That's our normal time then.
1: That could make sense. Like, I just, I think about the times where I'm like, I used to, like, wake up at, like, 6 a.m. and go to a 6.30 workout.
2: I remember you doing that. And I was like, no.
1: And look at me now.
2: I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't (laughs) get it. That will never beat me. It's still not. How is your body awake at that? moment it wasn't because even when we used to do like 10 o'clock workouts and I would have to drive because it took me a little bit longer to drive it was still a lot
1: I definitely am like I can wake up in the morning and I can be a morning person if I'm like excited to start the day but like when I like when I had like to go to set I would like want to work out before and I'm in a great mood I'm happy I'm working but then when I'm not working I'm like the earlier like I wake up, the more hours I'm awake during the day. And like, let's not like let's do a later workout. And post COVID, let's do absolutely no workouts. (laughs) Yeah, when I'm on set,
2: I since I as a producer, I'm there like before everyone and after everyone. So then I would go to the gym very late and work out until I was basically exhausted. But my gym was like five five minutes away from my house so then take a shower at the gym and then just go home and fall asleep in bed because you
1: have to turn your brain off Mm -hmm. like you have to when you're in that role for actors you're just like exhausted by the end of the day because you just sit around and do nothing most of the time and then you're like damn i'm so tired (laughs) this is (laughs) crazy uh well, welcome to the podcast. This is But Am I Wrong, starring the two people who have won Nobel Peace Prizes for never being wrong. My name is Megan.
2: I think we've won a couple, have we?
1: Oh, we've won. I mean, I mean,
2: I've lost count at this point.
1: I have so I literally use them as like coasters at this point. Mm-hmm. They're just like bookends. Like, I- I what do you they-
2: use them as, as coasters? I, <laughs> as
1: I said you- that. I was like, hmm, what do they look like? Wait, hold no on. Clue. I said my name. My name is Megan. What is your oh. name? My name's Melissa Diamond Mott. Okay, well, now to the uh, no from these fries. <laughs> oh, wait, you could use them as a coaster. You really could. I wondered if they were like a plaque. Oh, wait, it's like a penny? Yeah, it's like a huge I'm penny. sorry. <laughs> the fuck? A Nobel Peace Prize is literally just a giant penny. That's like low key embarrassing.
2: But like, good on you for saying you could use it as a coaster because you Wait, really could.
1: It's not even that big. It's it literally, first of all, how did I know it's like actually looks like a coaster? But it's not even that big. It's like smaller than, it looks like it's like the size of like maybe a small Olympic medal. What? Why is a Teen Choice Award a whole surfboard and a Nobel Peace Prize is a penny? That is so funny. Oh, wow. You learn new things every day on this. Mm -hmm. So we are a podcast where we talk about things that happened in our life, our hot takes. And then we respond to your emails that you've sent where you tell us things happening in your life, situations. And uh, we let you know if you were the hero or the villain in that story. And then we do the same thing for current events, pop culture, and we decide who is right Who is wrong, but most specifically we decide who is wrong. And then you can head on over to our Instagram and vote on who you think was wrong in all the situations that we talk about on today's episode. These episodes come out on Thursday. Those uh votes are usually up on our Instagram by Friday. If not, they will be up before the episode, uh, the next episode air. They'll be up before Monday before other podcasts comes out. But the best way to know when they're coming out is uh to follow us on Instagram so you can see. Please do. And you can see the wonderful photos that I used to promote our podcast. They always make me laugh. (laughs) Can we just talk about, like, never, like, for the first years of us having, like, podcasts, we never once posted about Nancy Reagan. And we have now two static images of Nancy Reagan on our (laughs) feed. Queen. Queen of the... The glizzy queen. (laughs) the slurp slurpity derp queen every time I look at her I'm like yeah she's got a big mouth like I mean like (laughs) physically did you see that she has a wide smile she could handle some girth in that mouth like it checks out I think about that every time I look at a picture of her now she does she's got a girthy mouth she's got a little head but a huge mouth her mouth takes up literally the entire bottom, of like, the entire part of her face. Look at that. I could just see her, like, you know those memes where it's, like, the mouth opening and it, like, literally, like, consumes mm-hmm. the entire face? Like, I could see that. Yeah. That's someone who looks like she could handle a smart water bottle.
2: A couple, maybe.
1: But, no, truly. Like, she could handle multiple dicks in her mouth at the same time. <laughs> Nancy. Oh, Nance. Oh, Nance. Okay. Well, what's do with you? Uh,
2: I'm just directing a bunch of audiobooks. Haven't had a break in a couple weeks, so I am crashing hard this weekend. This was supposed to be last weekend. Was supposed to be when we were going to celebrate my birthday. It's not going to happen. We'll do it eventually.
1: Eventually, yeah. When you're not just like piling truckloads of money into your home from being the number one um podcast and uh, number one audiobook director. <laughs> Is there an award for that? Is there an audiobook um,
2: awards? Yeah, the audies. Two of my books got nominated this year. We didn't oh. win, but we were nominated.
1: How do they phrase that when you like didn't win?
2: Award nominated.
1: Award nominated.
2: Mm-hmm. I nominated. My book wasn't up against, but you know, Barack Obama won one. And
1: <laughs> so it's like very <laughs> holy shit okay so you had some competition i
2: had some competition but yeah it was pretty cool that two of mine out of how many books get made in a year yeah two of mine were nominated and there's only like 10 categories so it's pretty pretty prestigious
1: i wonder if you had the most nominations of like a singular person let's just decide that you did okay Cool. Fucking amazing. (laughs) Well, can't wait to eventually celebrate your birthday. Your present has arrived. I need to give it to you. Oh, wow. Thank you. I haven't left the house since. I only leave the house on weekends. We haven't seen each other this year. Oh, I forgot about yeah.
2: We've literally not seen each other in person. I
1: literally like was like talking to one of my other friends and she was like saying something like how one of our other friends was in town and we should see her. And I like, res- I like talked, said it again. And it was like, oh, she's like going to leave in like two days. And I was like, I thought she was here for a couple months. She, like, she was. You have not left the house. I was like, oh.
2: You just go tour houses and go home.
1: Yeah. We toured 11 houses this weekend mm. and it's bananas. Like yeah. it is absolutely insane people keep asking me like why don't you just buy a place and then use that as like an investment property to make money that's
2: part of the problem
1: Uh, exactly like then we would be a part of the problem that we are facing and if Mm -hmm. I am anything I am morally righteous (laughs) and like so stubborn I will lose money I will lose whatever like to prove a point Mm -hmm. I am like that which it can be infuriating to people but personally, I just think it's very on brand that I I, I don't have any tourist placements, but I will not budge. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to happen. And people keep just being like, why don't you just move out of L.A., like move somewhere else.
2: And then what are you going to do for work? Besides podcasting.
1: Well, also, like, that, I think that's, like, such a bad, like, the idea that, like...
2: You have to move.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, and then it's, like, well, then people from California get shit from people from Texas. We're, like, now everybody from California is moving to Texas, and they're ruining everything. And it's, like, okay, well, we can't buy in California, so then people are moving to other states. But, like, it's just, like, a whole fucking shit show. And I I don't, I don't want to leave. And if we do leave, let's move to Atlanta. Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah. That's the plan, everybody. Everyone from Georgia is like, "Oh, move to Atlanta." So it's fine. I like Atlanta. Yeah,
2: it's fine. It's hot. It's a different hot. It's humid hot. You're gonna have to wear your hair like that all the time.
1: Oh, I know. (laughs) Like, I so my I I had a family member who like lived in Georgia for a while, and my hair shrank like three inches getting off the plane. And because it just like and it was when I was wearing my hair natural, like I was Mm -hmm. a kid Mm -hmm. and it was like, okay, fully Shirley Temple at that point. And yeah, like the Dyson Airwrap sales in Georgia, I feel like don't like non-existent. They're like not worth it in the wintertime. That's fine. Oh, true, 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 true. But our skin would be so good. Yeah, true. And our hair would look good. Mm -hmm. We would just be damp and moist a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's where we're at. Should we? read the results of last week? I guess so. Woo! -woo. Okay, so this is who is wrong for episode 17. First up, it's you. Take it away. It's me.
2: Melissa versus associates who tried to show up for her birthday. Who's wrong? 3% said me and 97% said her associates.
1: So do you have 24 associates? Because that is how many votes were for you being wrong.
2: Prompts. or, you know, margin of error,
1: which I relish the day that we don't have anybody vote wrong.
2: And that's never going to happen.
1: Never. Okay, next up we have me versus the petitioners outside the grocery store not wearing masks, same percentage. Uh 97% said the petitioners and 3% said me. 20 votes for me. I know some of you voted wrong. And then some of you are just judging by your profile pictures um, are like young living consultants. So we know what that <laughs> means. <laughs> Dude, that gave me a good laugh. All right. And
2: then for you people that wrote in, writer number one, Kate the cock slash cat blocker, who is wrong. 30% said the writer. 97% said Kate.
1: Same thing yeah holy consistent. shit we are very consistent right now okay wow so now wow we have, i don't think we've ever seen this <laughs> no we haven't Rider number two versus the insurance girl that parks in writer's customer parking we have zero percent said writer a hundred percent said insurance girl so technically it is there are votes for writer three but i'm gonna bet that at least some of them were accidental yeah some of you vote consistently. Like you hate listening to us, and like you do not align with us at all, or you're just you are just doing exactly the opposite on accident for everything.
2: What's this picture?
1: Which one for writer number two? Surprise, bitch. Yeah,
2: but like, what is this from?
1: I think it's from American Horror Story. Oh, I didn't watch it, but I'm oh. Emma. Emma Roberts serves the purpose to me for being in Unfabulous, Aquamarine. And memes. Like that is like what that is That's what Emma she does That's Emma Roberts? For me.
2: Yeah. It looks like Emma Roberts and Drew Barrymore had a baby.
1: Yeah, it does. <laughs> but that you're you're not wrong on that. She has my favorite recent one of her is her at the beach where she's just like silently posing with like her hair blowing on like like it's so fucking funny. And the uses of it are so good.
2: Is it very much giving uh, Chanel from uh Screen Queens?
1: It is giving us almost absolutely nothing. And that's why I love it so much. That's what Chanel did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, and it's... Have you seen, speaking of giving nothing, did you see the memes that people have done of Kendall Jenner's walk from the... I think it was the Off-White fashion show? But she is giving less than nothing. Like, she is slow and, like... In the industry she's not really renowned for being a great walker.
2: I saw somebody do a TikTok on influencers versus yeah. models and and that's where I saw it. And it's and it's you can tell who is not a professional model and it looks sad.
1: It does. Like it's one of those things that I'm like if the problematic show um that was an iconic mm-hmm. show America's mm-hmm. Next Top Model was around like you would be crucified. Like she yes. would be torn to shreds. Jay would never, like, ever. Oh, it was, yeah. Okay, next up.
2: Writer number three versus her boyfriend, Alex, who wants to have a threesome with her best friend. We've got 1% said the writer was wrong and 99% said that Alex was wrong.
1: Well, seems
2: right.
1: Yeah. Heidi, are you voting wrong on everything? (laughs) Are you just going to call her I'm going to. I'm not saying her last (laughs) name, but, like, Heidi. Why are you here? Like, what is this? You like, come on. I'm not going to like give you any more. Like, I'm not going to like, I just going to say by your bio, this is alarming. Okay. Go
2: back and look. I don't want to lose my spot, but I will go back and look.
1: Come come on, Heidi. This is, I'm, I'm actually earnestly, we are earnestly waiting your response. Okay, next up, we have writer number four versus ex-boyfriend who named his new dog Peanut the writer's nickname. 5% said the writer was wrong and 95% said the ex was wrong. And a lot of people also agree that you are right, that he definitely has called all of his girlfriends Peanut. And someone also mentioned that he will probably call his future unborn baby Peanut. Yes. <laughs> and it's funny. It's a cute
2: little dog in a little I know,
1: right? I thought very
2: cute. Wrong of a week, people who count down to celebrities turning 18, who was wrong, 97% said pervs, and then 3% the people judging. Hmm. hmm Did Heidi vote on
1: that 3%? Um, As of now, no, I'm not seeing it, but okay. um, someone else did. But they don't have a name there, so I can't just call out their uh, mm-hmm. username, but they <sighs> repeatedly... Repeatedly, I'm like, what are you doing? And some of you, I just want to say that I recognize your profile because, like, I will look and be like, oh, did this person vote wrong? And then, without a doubt, every single time, you have just been like, shit, hi, sorry, I voted wrong. But there are some of you who repeated, like, repeat offenders to the point where I recognize your profile picture from every week being like, shit, my bad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. And then we have wrong of the week, Coachella. Coachella. Who is wrong? Coachella is wrong. Uh, 97% said Coachella was wrong. And 3% said Coachella is not wrong. And I did get a lot of love for using the um, poster child for Coachella, mm-hmm. the hudge. Mm-hmm. And I would also like to note that I introduced Mons to the iconic bop sneaker night this weekend. And he has been singing it. Do you not I don't sing? know
2: what this is, no.
1: Put your sneakers on. Okay, Vanessa Hudgens did a song that is truly, truly unlike any other. Like, you know, sometimes there are, like, pop songs and you're like, this sounds like... She sounds like every other bitch. No, no, no. The lyrics to this are as if a middle schooler wrote them. The entire concept of them... If this was not sponsored by Skechers, like Shape Up, this is a problem. It is literally an entire song about how it's sneaker night because you're just going to put your sneakers on and you're going to dance. But the best part is she has a line that goes, did you eat? Do you have the energy? because cause we're going to be dancing all night long. And I just think that it's so great that this is so concerned to make sure everybody is promptly prepared to be dancing all night long. And she wants to make sure that you had a full meal beforehand. You had a
2: full meal and you're comfortable in sneakers, too. Oh,
1: exactly. And the music video is also just iconic. And the whole song is basically what we're going to do is dance. Basically what we're going to do is dance. Yeah, that's right. It's snake and night. Like, it is so fucking good. And Mott's is now obsessed with it. Uh, The Hudge, come on. Let's like be done with the cultural appropriation era and let's get back to the sneaker night era. Let's go back. Back to the beginning. Okay. Okay. Again, if you want to vote for today's episode, head on over to the Instagram or follow the Instagram so you know when we upload all of those so you can vote and join in on the magic. So I guess I will start this time... We will hop into our segment, but am I wrong, where we talk about things that have currently happened in our life recently, where we want to decide if we were right or wrong, or hot takes. And mine is kind of both, because this is something that I have always thought, but recently this has been weighing on my mind And if you follow me on TikTok or any of my social media, you will know that I have been re-watching all of Gilmore Girls with Mots. Oh, gosh, here we go. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And I love Gilmore Girls. I have literally watched Gilmore Girls since I was in sixth or seventh grade. Like, I am, like, an OG fan. And I will say that I am a super fan so much that when the reboot was happening... Netflix found the people who have most talked about Gilmore Girls on social media and invited them to interview the cast of Gilmore Girls. I was like the only <laughs> influencer there. And they were like, yeah, no, you've like, tweeted about Gilmore Girls, and, like mentioned them across your socials so many times. It was like me and a bunch of other people who were just obsessed from all over the world. <laughs> so I am the OG Gilmore Girls stan. Okay. And I have made a controversial statement that has been... People are upset because the fandom favorite of Rory's boyfriends is Jess. He is by far the fandom favorite. And I think that he is almost actually probably the one of the worst. And part of the reason why that is is because um, there is a scene where they're at a party and trigger warning sexual assault. They're at a party and they're like making out on a bed, and he keeps trying to have sex with her, and she keeps saying no, and he keeps going for it, and she keeps saying no until eventually she like th- pushes him off him and like stands up and is crying. And then he yells at her, and then she cries, runs out, and he goes to follow her to be like, Oh, okay, I'm sorry. And then ends up getting in a fight with her boyfriend and then ghosting her and Wait, leaving town. Wait, this isn't
2: her boyfriend? So she her ex-boyfriend. Like...
1: No, she got in a fight. He got in a fight with her ex-boyfriend. He oh, okay. saw her crying and was like, what happened? What did he do? And then they got in a fight and then he ghosted her and left town while they were dating. And they broke up because of that. And every fan, like, overlooks that. Or worse, and they will forget that that happened. Or worse, they will be like, well, he someone was like he was disassociating. He had he found out that he wasn't going to graduate high school and he was having a really bad night and like it wasn't what it meant. Like that wasn't it. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. When we start like justifying and explaining sexual assault in TV shows, that is the gateway to doing that in real life. And like I think that like when we look at old shows, and that shows not even necessarily that old, there are things that like things don't age well that have done like five years ago. And like people are still putting out content that is not, not healthy and like not productive and can be problematic. But like when we have in these teen shows these like male characters and then the only flaws or the flaws that we write for them are that they like treat women badly, but then it's like, oh, I pick you. No, I'm the nicest to you. Blah, blah, blah. Like how they're portrayed in these TV shows is to romanticize them. We then ignore all of these red flags and like we explain away and justify all of that stuff that it then translates to real life and like we wonder how it's the same thing i feel about like the chuck bass of it all and i'm like yes they're fictional characters but like we talked about this i think maybe on the i talked about this and maybe mm-hmm. on the first episode of this podcast of like but we see directly how that translates to how you then treat the actors and it's like what even when we think we're not influenced by it like gender stereotypes and the patriarchy and all that in television shows, especially, sadly, shows written by women because, like, women also all have internalized misogyny, that, like, it just perpetuates this idea that that is, like, the right guy and that is a good guy and, like, he's improved, even though he never apologizes to her and the show never addresses it. And I think that that is, like, an incredible disservice to all of them. Like, she never brings it up again, which, and he never apologizes for it. There is, it is just kind of as an event, that has happened. And when I was a kid watching it, like I didn't think anything of it. And so when I was younger, I was definitely like a, a dean the first time I watched it. Then I was a Jess. And then I watched it again as like, I don't know how old I was, probably like 18 or 19, probably like 19. And I was like, whoa, no. Like Logan is by far the best. Like this is just is so problematic and so bad. But it goes through these phases of your life. And the people I talk to who are like massive Jess fans, not to read any of them. <laughs> but it's like anxious attachment style and most of them are single or not in like a long-term happy committed relationship because like once you realize how toxic and problematic all of that is and it just, it's my hot take. I know the fandom loves him the absolute most, but you can love Milo and be like, he's so cute and he's so hot. But when you romanticize guys who treat you like shit and like aren't nice to you, aren't nice to your family, like aren't nice to anybody and then do all of this kind of shit, you can't wonder... <laughs> why things aren't working out with your own romantic life yeah and i just desperately want to write a tv show that has healthy and realistic relationships because mm-hmm. when you think of like all of like the otps of most of these shows if we broke them down it'd be like okay this is love bombing like there's so much gaslight. there's all of this stuff here that's like it's so over the top that then when you have like i wanted there to be a display of like a romantic relationship that is so normal and so healthy and like isn't that grand gesture put on a pedestal kind of thing because we don't see that we only see the extremities and then when those happen in our everyday lives we're like oh shit this actually isn't healthy you know Yeah. yeah so my hot take is that Jess is actually incredibly toxic and not who we should be um lusting after and anybody who comes to me and is like well in the uh reboot the reboot is not canon and it still doesn't change the fact that he never apologized I could literally start an entire Gilmore Girls podcast oh
2: I can just produce it and not say anything (laughs) okay Mots is like the biggest Gilmore Girls fan now so you guys can have it together I mean I have no idea what any of that meant except for you know Let's stop romanticizing toxic relationships. I kinda I got in a fight on the general hospital Reddit about someone (laughs) romanticizing. Well, a lot of people did this at the time. At the time the character, one of the characters was 16 and then another, and then the guy character was 22. And she had a crush on him. And he never like he was friendly to her, but never Yeah reciprocated anything and everyone was like you know now since they're like age appropriate or like they're like who who thinks that they have potential to be like a super couple and i was like absolutely not it's disgusting they've only interact they only actually interacted when she was a minor like there's no i can't see potential in somebody that they're a child and they're like yeah but like if he came back now because she's like twenty. I think the character's like 28 now, then it would be different. I was like, no, because that means that he groomed her. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not okay. Mm-mm. That's not okay at all.
1: And like, it's the same thing as like when you have your friend has like a boyfriend or a partner or whatever, that like they become then a non-sexual, op- like per- like they're just like mm-hmm. a non-sexual thing, could never see them that way. Yeah. That should also remain the same when you meet somebody who like, it's like the same thing when people are like, oh, I'm dating like my teacher. Like we have met again when we were adults. So I was like, nope, mm-hmm. nope not good gross yeah not on you on them yeah because that is also still a power dynamic even though these ages shift if you knew them when they were like an elder to you or an older person even once you grow up and that age gap isn't so large that's still a power dynamic currently at play
2: gross yeah yeah so i i don't think you're wrong my rant it's pretty straightforward or my but am i wrong pretty straightforward i went between two because I had some nightmares last night. Like I literally had a nightmare that made me wake up and I had to go check to make sure that this was not true. That's how bad the nightmare was. Oh Um, my God. Yeah. But mine is information that is news, like news websites that they are talking about like COVID and, you know, the stuff that's happening in Ukraine or anything that affects people personally. Why is it behind a paywall? Why is it a luxury to know information? I understand that newspapers are a business and they have to make money. Flood the website with ads. Put up an ad at the top, on the sides, at the bottom. But like information like that that affects everyone should not be behind a paywall. It shouldn't be a luxury to have information
1: i I agree, I remember when the l a forest fires were happening, and the yeah, I think it was like the l a Times and the yeah. people were like it was at three a m that they were mm-hmm. putting out all these updates, and it was like, no, you can't like you 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 can't put this behind a paywall and like I understand that like for I also think I've seen ones that have like discussed specifically with like insider, where it's been like sexual um abuse allegations and things like that that They have, like, pioneered, like, pretty much now, every time I see one that is, like, breaking news that has to do with, like, someone, like, a predator and, like, allegations with that, they won't have it behind a paywall for, like, the first 48 hours or something, which I'm, like, great. For something that's not, like, timely, pressing world Mm -hmm. news issue, that's not an op-ed, but it is, like, you know, an investigative journalism about like some allegations that are out. Like for sure, I totally get that. 48 hours, if you push that to the top of everything, everywhere, it's like being promoted everywhere and it's 48 hours for it. Great, awesome. Or I was also thinking about how could could they not do a paywall version of it and then
2: one that has like the basic information
1: or or one that has like if you want to read this article, either like here, this one is behind a paywall and like you can pay per article versus like a whole subscription and or that you could watch like five ads in a row to then mm-hmm. wa- unlock this That's article what I'm
2: saying, you know, just flood it with ads. If it's information that everybody needs to know Put so many if we know you have to make money and newspaper as a print is the dying. Y'all should have caught up by now in the digital. Yeah. It's doesn't make sense.
1: No. And also because ad block doesn't work on most of those like places at yeah. all anymore now. So like even though like you'll turn your ad block off if you have it, which I only had once I got hacked because I was like, oh, we need to make sure something's not like falling through. But like, even then you'll turn your ad block off and you go, well, you need to pay to read the article. Mm -hmm. Like, again, I get it. Sure, recipes, anything like that, like for sure. But mm -mm. come on.
2: That's, I mean, that's like what a lot of like recipe bloggers, influencers do because their recipes aren't unique. They're just recipes they took from somewhere else. So then they'll write a whole like, when my husband came back from the military type things, they do that because that way it's unique content now on the page and then they flood it with that.
1: And it acc- increases the SEO.
2: Right. So there's ways to, you know, get around this. So be better. Yeah. There's no reason why it should take that. Why the digital news has taken this long to catch up with everyone else.
1: And they'll be and they're always so mad that people are then going to sources like BuzzFeed News mm-hmm. for their news. And I'm like, well, that like they're not hiding it behind a paywall.
2: Right. And they're still making money.
1: Yeah. I I don't know if their journalism is consistently the caliber.
2: Yeah. Sometimes it's really good and sometimes it's not. But yeah. It's available.
1: Exactly. <laughs> it's there.
2: Right. That's how fake news can spread.
1: Exactly. I'm not saying that BuzzFeed is
2: fake news. No, 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 no. BuzzFeed news, I should say. BuzzFeed itself, a lot of it is fake news, but BuzzFeed news, separate.
1: Uh, Okay, should we um, get into, but are you wrong? Yes. So this is where you all submit emails to us and you let us know something that's happening in your life and you want us to let you know if you were wrong in the situation. So if you want to submit, it needs to be under 300 words and send it to pod at gmail.com. And we ask that you, uh, if you're going to use pseudonyms, use fake names. Don't use letters or numbers or anything like that. And uh, give us as much detail as possible so we can accurately read you or not read you. Mm-hmm.
2: All right. You're up.
1: Okay. Hi, Melissa and Megan. Oh, look, you got your name first. Ooh, la, la. <laughs> I am 23 years old, bisexual, and have been with my boyfriend for nine years. We are in an open relationship. Last summer, my friend Coco, she, her, and I hooked up. While we used to spend a lot of time together, our friendship was very surface level and casual, and I never felt like we connected on a deeper level. Our friendship essentially relied on the presence of a third person, so we were never super close. A few weeks later, we were drunk and had a threesome with my boyfriend. I know, horrible idea. You can roast me later. (laughs) A threesome was something i had always fantasized about, but I ended up feeling quite jealous watching my boyfriend have sex with her, which which was a surprise to me. Afterwards, I felt very panicked, insecure, and emotional. I was trying to process a new experience in my feelings. Because of this, I didn't cuddle with my friend afterwards, and I was probably acting distant. I eventually told her a few weeks later how I felt about the whole situation and that a threesome was not something I would like to do again. She said she understood. Fast forward to now, she confessed to me that she feel like I she felt like I used her and she felt like a piece of meat because I didn't cuddle her after we had sex. Her words not mine. Were we supposed to cuddle afterwards? To my understanding, this is something casual. I'm confused because Coco often brags about her one-night stands and how she enjoys casual sex. Am I wrong? though for not being privy to some unspoken threesome etiquette. Well, I do understand aftercare is important. I feel like maybe she's holding me to a different standard because we are friends.
2: That's exactly what's the happening. The last line
1: is exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Someone's previous experiences with like casual sex and casual relationships or whatever does not predictate unless you have a conversation beforehand about like what you are going into and what your expectations are. That you can't assume that about people because that's that's a very slippery slope because one, your previous sexual experience don't dictate all of your sexual experiences. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily think you're wrong for not cuddling her, but I do think you are wrong for not, I mean, firstly, having a threesome with your friend and your boyfriend, but also just like not having a conversation about expectations beforehand. I know nothing about threesome etiquette, but I do think that she probably... And I think it's inevitable that you would hold your friend to a higher standard than like a one night stand.
2: Yeah, I also do not know anything about threesome etiquette or so vanilla. Oh.
1: <laughs> I know <laughs> I could I could
2: never I could with two guys.
1: Well, yeah, I could do that too. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like
2: some people can have threesomes with their friends and be perfectly fine. We've had people write into or call into Don't blame me and say that they can. But I feel like especially if you're with a friend, then you need to have some type of conversation about what expectations are and how you're going to handle things afterwards. Because once you hook up with them, they're no longer just your friend if you don't know what the expectations are beforehand.
1: And especially when it's, like, these are two people in your life. Like, it's a mm-hmm. boyfriend and a friend. Like, right. I think that, like, in general, like, conversations should be had about expectations before having sex. And even more so when you owe both parties something that isn't necessarily sexual, but, like, relationship-wise. Like, you owe them there's a relationship and there's a friendship there. So, yeah. Dicey, dicey. But, I mean, you knew that.
2: hmm
1: Also, Okay. When, <laughs> when you cuddle in a threesome, like after, do you take turns cuddling or is it or like... Is it like a sandwich? All, yeah, like all three. Like, is it he in the middle or would you be in the middle because you are the connection between the two of them?
2: It feels like because the friend wanted her to cuddle, then it seems like she would maybe be in the middle or on the side or on the other yeah. side. But I don't think the boyfriend would be in the middle.
1: Yeah, I never thought at all anything about the cuddling after sex and threesomes to me
2: I feel like everybody should leave
1: <laughs> yeah I think so I would just diff. yeah
2: feel like this was great bye and then
1: but also did you cuddle your boyfriend because right. that would be weird
2: mm-hmm. and did your boyfriend cuddle her
1: or was she just like sitting on the edge of the bed like
2: looking at y'all
1: yeah that's,
2: she's like, I wasn't a cook. That's a different situation. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I think you're wrong to some extent. Yeah. You know, also, have
2: you had threesomes before? Like, have you had them, but it wasn't a friend involved and then you weren't jealous because it wasn't a friend?
1: Yeah. I'm just going to say for the first time threesome, I just feel <laughs> like this, this is this is like the fear that everyone has that is going mm-hmm. to happen. But I'm glad at least it's not a friend that you're, like, so, so, so close to. Yeah. And you're definitely a lot less... Weirdly, you've been closer, but you're probably not nearly as close anymore.
2: Yeah. (sighs) So, final answer?
1: I, I do think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong for not being privy to some unspoken threesome etiquette, because I think that you should have... It should have been spoken. Not etiquette, but, like, the communication.
2: Yeah, I don't think there's anyone right in this situation because everyone should have had a conversation. I don't necessarily think that you're wrong because it wasn't like she was like, let's have this conversation before and then you didn't have it. So miscommunication on everyone's part. Yeah, agreed. I'm 24, she, her. My friend Madeline is 26, she, her. Her partner Max, 25, they, them. And Natalie is 27, she, her. Last night, I had them over for a dinner and a game night. Full disclosure, we're all vaccinated, boosted, and we all work from home. Max and I prepped dinner together and made the whole meal. I love cooking and so does Max, so it wasn't a problem that Madeline and Natalie sat at the table chatting while we were, while we made everything. When we finished eating, I got up from the table to clear my plate and load it into the dishwasher. Everyone else grabbed their plates and leftover food, put them next to me beside the sink and sat back down at the table and continued talking. It took me about 15 minutes to put the leftovers away and clean up the pans and dishes before I could sit back down with them. I felt frustrated that I had to clean up after everyone without anyone offering to help. I love cooking for people, so I understand cleaning up will always come with that. But I am disappointed that no one even offered to help me. I have really bad anxiety, so I was too nervous to ask. Am I wrong for expecting friends to help in this situation? Maybe I'm biased because I love to help people cook and I'll always clean up while we're cooking and after we're done eating. So am I wrong for expecting the same from others? Should I tell them that it bothered me or do I let it go? I do not think you are wrong at all. That's me. Yeah. My parents taught me that whenever you go over to a friend's house, you always leave it better than when you came. And whenever I go to a friend's house, I always help clean up after.
1: Always. Yeah, these people are too old um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be doing this. Like, I understand that, like, there are times where, like, I've had people over something and... I want to keep hanging out. I don't want to clean and I don't want anyone else to clean because I want us all to keep hanging out. And I'm like, well, let's just leave them. But that's me as the host with the dirty dishes making that call. And like, it is an uphill battle to get people to be like, no, like, like, okay, fine. Like, we'll sit and talk, but then I'll help you. Like, we'll do it after or something. And I think that like, it is just an unspoken rule that also is also sometimes spoken that it's like if we like when we were all in Palm Springs and like you, mm-hmm. me and like Sydney were cooking stuff and then it was like, OK, Kyle and Mott's, like you guys are going to clean up. And like that was we don't even have to tell. You know what I mean? Like right. it's just like it's just how it goes. And especially mm-hmm. when you're having people over at like your place and it's one thing when people do that in like a shared apartment or like on a trip together where you're all guests at a location, but like when it's your place, yeah, I think that's like incredibly rude and incredibly fucked up and like you shouldn't yeah. have to ask.
2: No, you shouldn't have to ask and you can still socialize while cleaning. Like they could have continued their conversation. All they had to do is rinse out their plate and put it in the dishwasher. That's what you did. They just they came and put their plate next to yours. I'd be so fucking annoyed.
1: Same. It's giving Jake Gyllenhaal in the um, All Too Well 10-minute video where he just, like, she's doing all the dishes and then he just keeps dropping them next to her, like, just piling. It's so pa- It's so rude. Like, mm-hmm. it's so passive-aggressive and rude. And it's just, like, as if they're treating you like a restaurant. Like, right. you cooked and now you clean and we're going to keep socializing. Like, here's your tip. Like, did they tip you? <laughs> like and did they bring anything like yeah no these people are too old to be doing this and like you know that they know that this is rude assholes yeah and if here's the thing if you are not someone who wants to clean up I hate cleaning up I will always offer to help cook but like even if I can't I will still clean do you know what I mean like I'll still clean but if that's like you're so adverse to the cleaning aspect of it like that I I always prefer to be the one who's cooking because A, I like cooking more and like I don't really love cleaning, but like if I'm not able to do the cooking, I will do the cleaning and or help with the cleaning. Yeah. And there's nothing that pisses me off more when people expect that the person who has cooked for a group of people, not as like in your apartment as a solo, like you should clean up after yourself without a mm-hmm. doubt. But when you are cooking for other people and people assume that the person who cooked is also and should also be the person who cleans
2: no absolutely not
1: like what do you bring to the table what do you bring
2: their mouth to eat the food and then
1: shut bring. that mouth you can't eat sew it up and clean yep
2: all right well
1: <laughs> both the exact same pause we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back
2: with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy delicious shake and they also have 3 tins 4 shake flavor starter kit which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9.
1: from the break and uh we're gonna get into the rest of your emails dear megan and melissa i'm 24 she her i have a chronic illness and i've been living with it since i was five my boyfriend tim is also 24 he him and it's been healthy his entire life he is being annoyingly positive about my long covid i got covid in december 2021 and have since then i've been dizzy lightheaded constantly i can't even stand for over an hour without fainting a fact i've unfortunately had to learn at work oof Every time I've tried to work since having COVID, I ended up fainting about an hour into my shift. Obviously, the situation is very frustrating for me. I feel like an empty shell of my former self. I can't work or leave the house alone in case I faint. Tim is so lovely and does so much to help me and cheer me up, but sometimes I wish he would stop looking on the bright side. He keeps saying that it'll get better, my doctor will figure something out, and it's all positive shit, and he absolutely believes it. This is incredibly annoying because it's not the first time something like this has happened to me and it won't be the last. I'm starting to lose hope that I will ever go back to normal." Tim has never had a medical issue or someone close to him deal with something like this, so he kind of looks at it like a kid does, you know? Like, you get sick, you go to a doctor, you find a solution, then you get better. It has been almost four months since it started. Whenever he asks me how I'm feeling, I tell him, I still feel like shit. I just think this is how my life is now. He still tells me, I'll get better soon. Am I wrong for being annoyed with this relentless optimism? Am I being too pessimistic? I'm sorry, did I write this? (laughs) Did I write this a couple years ago? Like, truly. You are not wrong at all. At all. And I think you're like very perceptive as to like, you're exactly right. He is treating it like a kid because he hasn't had any personal experience with this in his own life or someone near, like close to him. I definitely had to have this conversation with Mots. I mean, first of all, you're not wrong at all. But the thing, just to give some advice, because that's also always what I want to do, the thing that helped me and like was like the complete shift was it start, like we were talking about endometriosis or whatever, like the, the treatment plans and the solutions and like th- like the quote unquote solutions, like things to make you get better or whatever. And I remember I told him once, cause he's very, he's a definitely a pessimist in like his own life, but like will be re- very optimistic in other people's lives and like wanna see the bright side of stuff. And obviously doesn't want to, it knows when someone knows that you're in pain or dealing with something, they don't want you to feel like that forever. And so like, that's also something that they have to deal with. But I asked him, I was like, what what if it doesn't? Like, what if it doesn't get better? Like, are you prepared for that? And like, because the thing that is, I think the unspoken thing that you feel when people say that is, are you with me? Are you loving me? Is our relationship contingent on the fact that you expect me to get better? What if I don't get better? Like, where does that go with our relationship? Are you okay with that? Are you prepared to like be a long-term partner of someone? Like if this isn't a phase in my life, this is like a forever thing. Like, I need to know that you're going to stick around. And like this relentless optimism feels like a losing battle because you can't control that. And that was like an incredibly helpful thing for us. And like, he's not like that anymore. Like, and it's like the long COVID thing is hard, especially for other people. I don't know if your boyfriend's had or your partner's had COVID, but it's definitely hard because I have long COVID, Mons doesn't. And so like, that's a difficult thing. And you can have sympathy and be like, wow, I'm really sorry you're going through this and like help someone else out. And nobody who is chronically ill wants to get better <laughs> more. Like they are the ones who want it to be better the most, absolutely the most. And so like, you don't need to say like, oh, it'll all get better. it all get better. Like that's, that's a thought process that we already have that we already really want. The positive thinking movement when it comes to like, illnesses and all of that whoever behind that propaganda campaign of being like well if you think positively and if you are optimistic all of that you will heal better and faster and all of that that was definitely written by people who don't experience chronic illness <laughs> and uh yeah you're right it's it's not helpful and you're so not wrong at all and I cannot imagine if I had a job where I had to if I had to stand for an hour I would be fucked if I had to stand for an hour a day I like can hardly I can't even like Mats has to help me get out of the shower. Like if I take a shower, it's the one that doesn't have the door so I can Mm -hmm. like breathe and I have to have all the windows open and I have to have the door open. So if a serial killer comes in, I'm like, this is I'm going to die in the horror movie. But like I once I he will help me get out of the shower. And then by then, like, I can't hardly walk for the rest. Like I have to do it right before bed because like my whole body is like shaking. And so I can't even imagine what you have to go through for like having to stand for work. Yeah. Brutal.
2: Yeah. What more can I add? You're not wrong. Have you had a conversation with him about how his optimism is not helpful? But you're not wrong.
1: Yeah. And also some people just think like he. you said that he's like really helpful with like, you know, like making sure that you're like safe, physical safety wise. And he's like there and all of that. You could just tell him like, hey, that's enough. Like you don't mm-hmm. need to have this like verbal support. Like all I need is what I'm feeling like this is just to be like, that really fucking sucks. That sucks. Yeah. That's it. All right.
2: I picked one, but then I realized it was about uh, 600 words. Um, So I, got, I picked another one. Again, if you're over 300 words, we will not read it. So try again. Me, Layla, 22, she, they, and my ex-girlfriend, Vanessa, 22, she, her, dated for a little over two years and lived together for six months at the end of our relationship. Our relationship ended over a semi messy two week span shortly after I moved for a new job. We agreed that we were only staying together because we still cared for one another, but our lives were going in different directions, so we broke up. We agreed to try and remain friends since we still cared for each other. While it was a mutual breakup, we had both said some hurtful things we had to process. One week post breakup, I posted a photo on my Instagram with the caption, Heart launching my single air. I, <laughs> <Ew>. I thought
1: this. I thought. I'm sorry. Already. I'm like, I'm, I'm starting to form my opinions. I kind
2: of like it. Not going to lie. Oh,
1: I mean, it's messy. It does <laughs> yeah. fit.
2: I thought this would be OK since we agreed that we would be, be better as friends. Vanessa texted me and said the post really hurt her and she thinks I meant for it to hurt her. Which is not the case. And that she has friends and family that follow me that she hadn't told yet. And this is how they would find out. She also said she didn't think I was the kind of person, was that kind of person. And that obviously I didn't want a healthy, good relationship with her. I apologized, admitted I was most likely just looking for external validation, and took the post down. She thanked me for my apology, but said she needed space. We had been lightly talking by sending each other post memes because it had still happened and it still hurt her. I understand her perspective, but at the same time, I'm single now and dealing with things in my own way. I realized I didn't consider her perspective when posting it, but was I wrong for posting the photo? I think that you should have had a conversation with her first before posting it because it was just, even though I do like the intention behind it and I like the wording of it I think it's funny but I think one week post a breakup is very soon she hadn't told everyone this was probably your announcement to tell everyone you knew but you didn't take in consideration the people that you mutually knew um so yes wrong too soon should have had the conversation first
1: Yeah. This is something that like, if I had agreed that we were going to like remain friends and I saw that a week later, I'd be like, okay, like what? Because I, when I hear that I'm like, go off. Fuck. Yeah. But it's like, well, I wasn't trying to be petty. And I was like, oh, well, (laughs) I mean, if you were trying to be petty and like wanted to be a bitch, like, yeah, like do it. Great. But when that's not your intention, like, I mean, I want to say like good on your ex for like accepting that apology and being like, okay, because I would have been like, fuck you. Like, yeah, that is like, what do you mean that you did this for you? Like, this wasn't about like, of course, this feels like a fucking dig, especially because you did it for two years. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine, like, imagine that is what you do after a messy breakup. That's what you do after like you said a messy breakup but like you're not friends anymore like it's catastrophic and like you're trying to like stir the pot and get people to message you and be like oh my god what happened like what the heck like blah 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 so yeah I think you're wrong I think you're wrong I think it's funny I think it's funny I just think this is the absolute wrong context to do it
2: yeah this is like two months after posted
1: and you're like not friends (laughs) yeah (laughs)
2: <laughs> or your friends and they're in on the joke,
1: you know? Yeah, you you send it, like, hey, is this cool? Yeah. Yeah. Because it also, when people do, like, very public breakup posts, like in a way that's not earnest, which I'm also, I don't, I don't need anyone to do a breakup post. No. I just need to let me do my own investigative journalism mm-hmm. through I your see scrolling to I see all the pictures see. are gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got it. Like, I figured it out. I got it. And if we're close, I'll reach out and just, like, suddenly not bring it up and then wait for you to bring it up and then I'll hear about it. But, like, I think that, like, when you do a breakup post and it's not, And you're not doing the influencer, like, notes app screenshot explanation or whatever. And it's just, like, a snark, like, ha-ha-ha funny thing or whatever. It also makes your ex look bad. Mm Because it makes it look like they were a bad partner. And that's why you're going and you're posting this. You know? Because there's a difference between saying, like, hard launching my single era versus being, like, hot girl summer unlocked. Like, you you know? There's, like, a difference between those two things. One of them involves another party. (laughs) Yep. Uh, That's funny, but you're wrong. Too soon. <laughs> I appreciate the joke, but mm-hmm. I am a rock. Yeah. Uh, okay, now it is time for us to nominate the Rachel of the Week, but are they wrong? I would like to nominate Los Angeles... <laughs> Okay. As a city. So LA must add more than 250,000 homes to zoning plan by October. Mm -hmm. That the state has ruled that they must do that. And it's not going to happen. And LA is not going to do it. And LA, we have like an incredible, immense, constant crisis of people currently experiencing homelessness, like in Los Angeles. But even more so since the pandemic started. And while we are watching rent go up and we're seeing all these foreign investors come in and buy these homes and we're seeing flippers and doing all of this kind of stuff. And the banks are giving people, you know, like flippers are getting like hard money loans to like Mm -hmm. flip these places and do all of that stuff. We have managed to be able to do all of that Yet we cannot build affordable housing and we are going to be leaving billions of dollars worth of affordable housing grants, which, again, the people who could do that would get massive tax breaks. But no, they're not going to do it because nothing that L.A. hates more than complaining about unsheltered people on the streets is actually helping them because they don't what they deem as like, quote unquote, poor people or people who need assistance, even though those people also got PPP loans from the government, but they don't like government assistance for people who are not rich. And it is just like infuriating to me to watch these two things simultaneously happen. And sure, there are some people, especially like Democrats in LA who are like, Please don't group us with places who are saying that they like don't want to do this because like we just are facing all of these like difficulties infrastructureized to actually do this. This is kind of like a relationship. If he wanted to, he would. This has just been growing and growing and growing at the rate of unsheltered people and we have not been able to we are so far behind. That's why that this is an undoable task because we are so fucking far behind. And I just want the fucking government to step in. Oh, yes, she wants government to intervene. Come on. Come on. If you're going to intervene on this side of it, you also need to then stop people from getting all of these investment properties and doing all of this shit because there's, what we're saying is that the issue is that there's literally no room and no, no space to build these things But then stop letting people buy multiple homes and using them as investment properties that they don't live in here while we are struggling to find the zoning areas for 250,000 units for people to live in. Yeah. Just stop. And it just is so like, obviously, we know capitalism, the bottom line is the money of it all. But again, billions of dollars of grants, billions of dollars, and then these massive tax breaks. But that's where capitalism and like the moral morality of it comes in that it's like, oh, you have an image of what you Mm -hmm. see as that. And that's like it's fucked. And so I would like to nominate Los Angeles and every guilty party involved in this.
2: That was actually mine as well.
1: You're kidding. We haven't had this yet.
2: I know. I know. I know. I know. Oh, my God. Uh, I know. I was just trying to quickly scroll to find something. Do you have anything? Do you have anything to add? I mean, you said everything there is to say, like, stop. Yeah. (laughs) The housing here is just ridiculous as it is. And then you're just trying to make it worse. So, you know, yeah, this is dumb.
1: But yeah, um, Marin County, where I grew up, they are facing, I forget what it was that they passed, but they were being forced to, there is no affordable housing in Marin. Like, I don't think, like, maybe some exist in, like, some, like, Marin City or, like, San Rafael, like, some parts of Marin, but, like, on, like, only in one area, but, like, once you go, there's none. Mm -hmm. And the state was, like, forcing them to do that, and so then their response is then, they have just been making places historic like protected areas because there are mountain lines there or there's other things there so then they're like sorry we can't do that i'm like okay
2: it's california there's mountain lines everywhere
1: oh yeah there's a there were in my fucking backyard growing up like yeah. come on like this is but yeah that is marin Oof. they vote democrat <laughs> they say that they're liberal but like oh wow do they lose their minds over anything? They call it, what is it called? nimbies. not in my backyard. That's what hmm. they yeah. refer to. I
2: haven't heard that in a long time. Yeah. Are you on uh, against your will, Womblands TikTok?
1: Literally the other thing I was going to bring up, <laughs> but I was like, I'm here it's against too, my will and I don't understand I don't any under, of it. It's too, okay. So I
2: follow all three of the people, the main parties that are involved in this. I always had... I don't know why I didn't follow my gut. There's just something off about everything about them. And I was like, they're saying the right things, but they're just the way that they go about it is not right. And so I trust no one in this situation. (laughs) And I also there's just there's a lot of hypocrisy. A lot of people that are on our part of and, you know, we talk about we're going to be fair to everyone, no matter their political Mm -hmm. stance. A lot of people on woke TikTok, quote unquote, woke TikTok, a lot of them have come out as problematic. So it's just been a mess over the last few months because what's happening is these hardcore Republicans that hate them are digging up information. And it's true. But us as Democrats, we, you know, acknowledge things and say that, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. even like saying that I'm a Democrat us as left-leaning people acknowledge things and say, you know, when something's wrong, then we're going to call people out and then they go away. And so that's kind of that's what's happening.
1: It's literally like I was noticing the exact same thing where like you're I'm reading the comments from people on some of these things. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's not good. That's not good. And then they say something. I go, oh, you're like a white supremacist. So like you're Mm -hmm. The criticism that like I might have for like how someone is handled or like this person specifically in this situation, you are making yours is coming from a really different place. Mm -hmm. And like, I hate when that happens because it's like, well, fucking shit. I don't want to defend you. I want to critique you for this circumstance but I don't want to have to defend you for this circumstance to then defend you as a a whole for a human for existing or whatever. And it's so messy, but I have found, this is how I learned about it because I like had some of like my mutuals who had like posted about, they didn't post about it. They posted like being like friends only, being like, this is why you don't you have to like get receipts you can't like try like Mm -hmm. they were like it sucks but you can't really trust in the age of social media when people are coming forward with certain things like you need to do your due diligence you don't have Mm -hmm. to like outwardly tell them like oh I don't believe you like quietly do due diligence when researching things to make sure that there are not like false claims or false allegations and they're like and most likely it's not so like let's not operate and assume that it always is false but like you have to do that stuff, and so I was like, I have no idea what the fuck this is about. My algorithm then knew I had no idea what the fuck this was about. So then I saw a video from Queen Lotus on TikTok who literally did a drawing of like a storyboard, like of who all these players are and explaining mm-hmm. all of it. And I was like, okay, okay. And it is theater kid on theater kid drama, like yeah. crime, and it incites that one person that you said was it Chelsea, the one I. Mm-hmm. It incites that feeling in me that I'm like, I am uncomfy. I see the reflection of the ring light in your eyes and I am uncomfy. Yes.
2: Yeah. And then like the one that goes by Aunt Karen, she just inserted herself into it and shouldn't have said anything. Cause I just made everything worse because she's friends with both of them, was trying to play both sides. But in the end it just muddled everything and messed everything up. Then she has a twin sister who's also a nurse who like went off on her and was like, why are you even saying this? And she had a live up for a minute that was like, stop. <laughs> but all of them, <laughs> they're all my racial elites.
1: Yeah. No, I I yeah. I wholly agree. Like, I think that from what we know... And look into this more, one, because, like, this is yeah. shit is so fucking confusing. I don't want to, like, misspeak. And that's why I
2: wasn't going to have that female. Yeah. But since because it keeps both have changing. The thing, it keeps changing. New information keeps coming out. Yeah.
1: It is so messy, and I just... It's theater kid crime. Yeah, It's theater yep. kid on theater kid. Like, it's so mm-hmm. performative. And like, I just feel like I'm watching like Lynn manuel Miranda on TikTok. Like, <laughs> it's just like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. and scene. And like mm-hmm. everything that they're writing, I'm like, who wrote that?
2: Because all three of them have a way that they deliver information. Yeah stop
1: (laughs) It it, truly like when you have a social media content style and like at least here's one thing that like youtubers got right like there's one blueprint for like an apology video and at least it's not like you're turning on your ring light with like your makeup and like Mm -hmm. you're not in front of there like holding your brush and going boop and you're not including your intro in it like yeah it's just like uh, whatever happened to the just the crying on the floor in the bathroom like whatever happened to that because
2: the difference is that these are people that are in like their late 30s that are adults and they know better.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so odd. It's yeah. so so odd, yeah. and it makes me uncomfortable.
2: I'm on no one's side. I, no, because um, it's
1: either racist mm-hmm. and then like people who hate women and misogynist mm-hmm. and homophobic people, and like then it just like there's a whole ordeal, and it's like yeah. well,
2: <laughs> and new information just keeps coming out, and they've all done apologies. <laughs> It's so messy. <laughs> it's messy. They all need to shut up, is what they need to do and disappear.
1: Yeah, I agree. But I am enjoying this person's commentary on I'll I'll send it to you. But like, I, it's yeah, yeah. So their commentary on all of this is so funny and like was responding to people being like, Why do you even care? And she goes, I'm sorry, this is so messy. Like, of course yeah. I care. <laughs> like,
2: this I, need, is wild. <laughs> I need that woman that dropped that song about. Black China with blah, 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 blah. Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: All I hear is Black China. Is that what you said? Yes, yes. I
2: mean, that's if you know what it is. Then I don't. Okay, so there's this woman that made a song that basically broke down how Black China was with Tyga, and then she got with Rob, and then like she breaks down how they're all <gasps> interconnected. I'm sorry, I love that. Yeah, and so the song is I didn't. I it took me a few listens to get it. I'm surprised you haven't heard this because it was all this over TikTok. This seems like I mean, my algorithm. It, And people are using it to tell different stories now, but I need her to make a song to do this breakdown as well.
1: Yes, that's a really good idea.
2: Mm-hmm. But this, whoever this woman is, she's like famous because it was like a big concert that she was singing this song at. Wait, that's iconic. I think it's kind of reggae is what Ooh. it is. So I don't think she's from the United States.
1: Okay, well, that is it for our episode. We hope you all enjoy. Again, if you want to head over to our Instagram to vote and who you think was wrong on today's episode, we hope you took notes. And we always recommend to watch the stories through all the way first, read them all. And if you want to go back and look at how the format of the of them are on like the other weeks, so you can see where the tapping poll is. So you're not going to immediately go through and accidentally tap in that area because they're at the same place every time. I try to make this so easy for you all. Yeah, and then if you are still listening, head on over to our Instagram and comment down below who your Rachel of the week is. Yeah, that's a
2: good one. That's actually good every week.
1: That is really good. Maybe we should start doing that almost every week. That would be helpful. And leave a review on the Apple podcast app. we really appreciate it. Subscribe if you haven't already, so you know every time we upload a brand new episode, follow our individual socials and... Anything else before we head out? You guys are all the light of my life. Oh my God. Look at that. That's a lie. That is. She's lying. (laughs) And uh, listen to Don't Blame Me on Monday. And we'll circle back next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks.
2: And me, Melissa Demonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.
0: Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues